Welcome to That's Why Podcast with Anna and Patricia, the show where we arouse your curiosity while we dull your senses. Thanks for joining us on That's Why Show. I'm Anna, and I'm joined here with Patricia. Hello. (laughs) How are you today? (laughs) I am good. I'm enjoying this beautiful weather. It's like really crisp in the morning Mm -hmm. but then as the day goes on then it's like oh i want to be in the sun and yeah and then at Mm -hmm. night i love to sleep with the windows open me too and i love the cool breeze and i love and i love the room freezing while i'm cuddled with myself underneath the sheets it's so delicious i love this is my favorite time of year the fall i don't want to get out of bed you're right and i ask my kids to often bring me things to bed but yay they they get over they get over it real quick that's why you listen diva yes that's true (laughs) old school thinking right like they can work on the farm i don't have a farm so just bring me stuff you know so today we are talking about culture and in my anthropology class anthropologists were saying that they even have a hard time defining culture Mm. and it reminded me when you were saying like that's why we have kids right because we're taught that in every society yes children are supposed to quote unquote obey or yeah. they're there to be helpful mm-hmm. to the family you know yes, yes. so it's funny when you're just like I make my kids bring me stuff in bed <laughs> and I'll be you texting know? them you know what's so pathetic <laughs> and listen I know I know don't nobody judge me because I know that if I've done it someone else out there has done it I'm in my bedroom which is like maybe I don't know the kitchen's 20 paces from my bedroom and I'm texting my son who's downstairs <laughs> playing his game I'm like sweetie can you bring me a soda <laughs> And you know, Latino parents are so infamous for doing that. I learned that from my mom. And now that's true. And now, and now I am teaching it. my children. And now you're doing it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my gosh. That's well, terrible. we have to stop the cycle. No, I'm just I know. kidding. Don't yeah, stop yeah. it. Keep, yeah. keep they can stop it when, when yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna keep it going just a little longer. Um, so anthropologists define culture as a characteristic of human groups that shape our perceptions, behaviors, and relationships. Mm. And the reason that it's debatable is because what do you think culture is? People will say, oh, it's clothes, religion, food, art, whatever. Hmm. But culture can also be defined as sports culture. When you go to a football game, how is that culture there? Work culture, how is your culture at work? Yes. You know, even your girlfriends, there are certain groups of girlfriends where you can be like, hey, bitch, and they're fine. But if you say that to someone else, they're just like, oh, my God. I'm so offended. (laughs) I can't believe you said that. You know, (laughs) you've never said that to me before. (laughs) Right. Are you mad? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I agree. Okay, Anna, what culture Mm -hmm. do you consider yourself to be part of? Instantly, if someone asks me, I always say American culture, just because the people who usually ask me about that are foreign don't you think i feel like america is so like i don't know how to say this it's almost like we expect other countries to follow in our footsteps 
Yes. Even though we're considered a new country. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. We're like that little brat baby brother. Yes. That thinks he rules everything. Yes. because And he can bully him his way into anything. So you just beat to his drum because you don't even want to. I was talking to the people that I was out with last night about culture. And she's uh, Laos, La- Laotian. Uh-huh. And is that that restaurant? So we were discussing about that restaurant, Tuk Tuk. Uh-huh, what yes. kind of food is that considered? They call it Thai, but okay. it's kind of a fusion between Thai and Lao because okay. the owner, they're Lao and Vietnamese. But okay. it's weird because a lot of Thai restaurants are owned by Laotian people. <laughs> are you serious? And see, yes. this is how ignorant I am. I have no, no idea. That's like me telling you what's the difference between a Puerto Rican and a Dominican. You'd be like, uh, you guys, aren't you both in the Caribbean? No. <laughs> and we are, but we are so different, different. culturally. Uh-huh. That's the distinguishing factor because we both speak Spanish, but it's the way we speak it, right? It's our oh. dialect of it. And then our intonation and our words and the food, even though it's very similar, it's very different. So mm-hmm. I don't know to say Thai, Vietnamese, Laotian. I don't know the distinguishing factors between all of them that make them unique as a culture. I don't know either. No, wow. I'm just <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you. And I feel so much better. Okay. Um, And so I wish I had a drink. I could just drink to that. Um, But so, yes, I like you. I identify more with the American culture. Would you say that Utah has a culture in and of itself separate from the rest of the United States? Yes, because it's so Mormon here. Yes. But I think because I grew up here, I was born here. To me, it's normal. If I go to San Jose or like San Francisco, Uh it's weird for me to see all those Asian people. Well, where are all the white people? It's weird. Right. Isn't that fascinating? And that it's what you're used to. So Mm -hmm. I was reading here, you were reading kind of like the definition of culture. Here I wrote down the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or social groups. And interestingly enough, it said Caribbean culture. And I have to tell you that it sounds crazy. And I think anyone who's been in that situation would identify that Mm -hmm. myself living here in Utah, which is predominantly Anglo, right? When I do go to New York and I see so much diversity, it's an initial shock for sure. I certainly acclimate very quickly right? Uh Because that's where I grew up and Uh I myself and my children. But the way that you see the world around you shapes that culture of what you're used to. And you, as in Rome, do as the Romans, right? You just kind of go with the flow and do what's common in the culture that you're presently in until you step out of it and are able to see it with new eyes and fresh eyes and a different lens. Exactly. And also when a person is in a certain culture, they have these beliefs or practices. One person, for example, might look at the Confederate flag and see that's a symbol of oppression, segregation, slavery. Yes. And another person would look at the Confederate flag and say, oh, well, that's the Southern heritage. Yes. yes. And that's a symbol of pride. Mm-hmm. But it's the same flag. You know, you look at it. But you think of it differently. You, you know? view it so differently. Yes. Absolutely. And that's yes. the that's dependent upon a lot mm-hmm. of the culture and the environment that you were brought into. Yes. Uh, or that you grew up in. In the, I want to say, was it the first or second 
century BC. I can't okay. remember. But anyway, okay. he it was, was a long, long time ago, people. I know it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the year. But anyway, okay. so his name was Zhang Qian. Okay. And he was a military officer under the Emperor Wu um, Han, oh, okay. I think Han oh, okay. Dynasty. Yes. And the emperor told him to travel west and he wanted to observe the cultures of Central Asia. Mm. So he traveled for 25 years as far as Uzbekistan. I think that's like north of Afghanistan. Okay. He was able to if establish. You say so. really if you say so, I believe whatever you say. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was able to establish new relationships because he could find cultural connections with mm. the neighboring countries of China. So thanks to him, they had the Silk Road and he introduced Buddhism back to China and everything because before Buddhism in China, they believed in Taoism mm. and Taoism is like more nature, yes. yin and yang. For an emperor to not want to take over other countries they wanted to exchange. And he was like, I want you to go find out what they like, how they live, and we can build a friendship. You wow, know? How so innovative. Inst really. Instead of like Mongolian, how they're like, we're going to take everybody We're else and kill, <laughs> kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we've experienced that as a nation ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to a degree. So yeah. we understand that. We know that obviously that's the better way to do yeah. things, right? For them to get along. That's really admirable. And he's probably a million years before his time. Because I think if more of the leaders of the world practiced that philosophy that he wanted to instill, we'd be in a much different place. Exactly. And there's a term called European ethnocentrism. And that's the belief that one's own culture is better than others. Mm. It was used to justify the subjugation of non-European societies on the alleged basis that these groups were socially and even biologically inferior. Mm. And on the opposite side is cultural relativism. The idea that we should seek to understand another person's beliefs and behaviors from the perspective of their own culture and not our own. I definitely subscribe to the latter part of that. Yeah. Right? And we need to be exactly the latter part. I will be so mad at the United States. Mm -hmm. I mean, the current state we're in, oh, what yeah. happened in Afghanistan mm -hmm. is just like, we really destroy things. Oh, heavens. And if, if we right? only look back 100 years, we're like, what is up with uh, that? Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then you think, where is a better place to live? And yet, like you're saying, right? Yes. And yet <laughs> people are flocking. And then like you and I are sitting here on a podcast. We can diss our government. We can diss anybody yes. we want to. Yes. And then we look at like Afghanistan and the women there. Mm -hmm. And there was an interview I saw. She was like, you know, my daughter is 15 years old. She doesn't know anything other than the freedom that they've been given while United States military was there. Yes. And now that the Taliban took over, she's like, I don't know what my daughter's going to do because mm -hmm. she doesn't understand the oppression that women had. So yes, I see how America can be better. But when you compare it to other places, I'm like, okay, I am glad that I can have a voice and I can talk to you, talk about whatever we want. Exactly. And like you said, even this our own government, you know, and there's pros and cons to both sides. So we don't want to sound mm -hmm. anti-patriotic. Um, we're yes, patriotic, exactly. <laughs> yes. but within reason. And this is the thing. 
culturally, as a culture, we have established this foundation that makes you think that if you question something, that means you're against it. That's not true. You can question ever. You should question everything and try to broaden your mind. So going back to what you were saying earlier, I think part of it is our ego too. I've met people who, for example, they're used to doing something and immediately you try to introduce them to some a different way of doing it and they either knock down your idea and just want to do it their way or they are curious, oh, show me. Yeah. And I love that show me attitude because even if I continue to do it as I was uh-huh. because I think my way is better, doesn't mean I need to knock yours and I can always learn something new that you never know when it will serve you. So I feel like culturally we have to get to a place that we are a little bit more open-minded and broaden the ways that we do things no matter what it is. Yes. That's kind of like the present social culture I think that we're kind of emphasizing right now. Not necessarily uh, our culture by race, right? Right. And speaking of race, when you said that, I thought of this with the ethnocentrism. I mm-hmm. know that your mom had more of that tendency where she also felt that white people had a higher... They were superior. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were trying to decorate it, but I'm just putting it out there. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> And I remember yes. you said that she would mention certain things. Oh, yeah. She would say, do you love love my new perfume? She'd spend like her spending like $20 a bottle of perfume or whatever was a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And she'd say, do you love my perfume? Just like white people. Mm-hmm. Or look at my beautiful new shoes, just like white people. And, you know, culturally, we cannot say because I, I my husband is white. And we have these discussions about white supremacy and how real is it. And it's real when, depending on the context, right? What specifically are you talking about? Whereas Mm -hmm. really when you look all over the world, why are people in, let's say, Africa bleaching their skin to emulate white people? And I'm not saying that black is not beautiful because I feel as a black woman, I'm very proud of all of that. Yet I did go through a period of conditioning, as many people have, that thinking that white is better. And when you look at all over the world, whether you go to India, whether you go to Africa, there is this undertone and it's almost a silent one, but it only comes out in certain times where you can see the influence of white supremacy where the standard of beauty is you want to have a thinner nose, you Mm want to have lighter hair, you want to have lighter skin, all these things. We've broken those complete norms, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't still exist and we're still kind of trying to veer away from that culture. I see it. I see it in magazines. I see it in everything. My friend Marissa, she was like, man, white people are shitheads and stuff. And Mm -hmm. she's white. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we destroy everything. (laughs) And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what do you say? And so... To me, it was weird to hear someone say that. Of their own culture, right? Yes. Yeah. I was like, wow. (laughs) I know. And, you know, it's, it's important to see the pros and cons because there's, there's beauty in every culture as there Uh are negative. And so one of the differences. (laughs) That you and I were talking about culture. Remember about the funerals? I was thinking, what am I going to say? You know, there's a lot of different cultures. You said, you know, sports, this, that, or the other. I can't remember if it was Mad Magazine when they were on Fox or if it was some episode in um, Saturday Night Live. But the point is that they were imitating the culture in a funeral. And Uh white people were like, 
And they were like sniffling and being like, oh, I'm so sad that he's gone. And they were all <laughs> under control. Uh-huh. And then you go to a black or Latino funeral, right? Uh-huh. And people are like, oh, Lord Jesus, why did he have to go? I don't mean. And, you know, and they're throwing their hands back and they're fainting and all this stuff. And I'm like, what a huge cultural difference, right? Uh-huh. Because I was I was always, you know, well, remember my big fat Greek wedding? Yes. I love that movie because it really, it really did portray yes. the difference between two cultures. And really, they were both white when you speak of skin color. Uh-huh. But culturally, there yeah. was a huge difference. And I remember the dad saying, I don't like those people. They're like dry crunchy toast. Like they <laughs> do not show any expression. And culturally, I've seen that here in Utah. Anna, would you say that it's more more repressive here, right? It is. But it's interesting because like in a Hmong funeral, mm-hmm. they have, oh my gosh, like wailing crying like dramatic just like, like latinos what? they like to throw oh. themselves back oh, oh yes for hours not i mean for funerals. Hours? no seriously i swear Hmong funerals are like three months but like I'm oh like, my oh, gosh cow, we're still here <laughs> you're like we're still here <laughs> i have a but caribbean yeah. vacation to go to okay <laughs> i think Hmong funerals are so they have like this uh, guy with this flute and he dances for hours in front wow. of the casket. And it's just like nonstop. It's almost like I think he's in a trance and he's just wow. like, playing the wooden flute. And then there are women that are wailing like, ah, you know. So when you walk in, you think that someone is getting murdered. You're like, <laughs> what is this happening? You know? Hey, can you imagine bringing someone from a more okay so the chinese people that i've met they're very Uh quiet i don't know that walking into something like that whether you were chinese or white coming from a more submissive and a more tranquil Mm -hmm. reverent kind of society and you're walking into this mayhem. They're like, oh. <laughs> and, and, and you're, no, you're like, that's okay. This is what we do. And you, and you have to reassure them. Uh-huh. And, and, and it leads me into the, my next point. When I'm hanging with my Latino friends, we're all talking at the same time. It sounds like we're fighting. We're screaming. We have to talk over each other. Yet everyone knows what's going on. Everyone can understand each other. When I get together with my white friends, we actually take turns to speak. We acknowledge, uh-huh. we, we acknowledge the other person, what they've said. And we continue with our thought and statement, and then we move on to the next. And it's very organized. <laughs> That's and so I, true. It really is. It's so different. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, when I hang out with my white friends, there's usually not a lot of boisterous laughter and a lot of passion and uh-huh. loud speaking. But when I hang out with my Latino friends, I laugh a lot more. And that doesn't mean that we don't get deep, but I do get deep and political in ways with sometimes with my white friends and I don't with my Latino friends. So cultural differences uh-huh. are a huge thing. Now, do you have friends that are like that, Anna? That Mostly all of my friends are, they're like me, very happy people. You know <laughs> uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah, that's true. But I think you're right, though. Like, if they are white, you have this almost like, let's take turns to talk and discuss things, you know? Mm-hmm. But then if they're if they're not, it's like, whatever, blah, 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 blah. We could all, especially with my family. I think if Asian family, we're loud and we talk over each other and we're just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and you, when you laugh, it's intense. We're, we're a little yes. extra. And it's funny because we use the word passionate 
are you would I can I say that you're dispassionate if you're not like that versus passionate? I don't know. It's just your culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like parenting. Parenting is another thing that is hilarious when you see the the differences and yes. the, the distinctions, you know, with the way that you feel like you could beat your kids or <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You know <laughs> the- true. like white people they can't touch their children they're almost the children have more power over the parents oh i know oh you know what do you want to eat for dinner it's like you're asking your children what they want to eat like you eat what we have you have no choice yeah and that's the culture that i grew up in (laughs) oh are you kidding me yes and you know i'm okay so i'm being honest i'm a little whitewashed obviously i've lived in utah for 30 years i'm married to a white man I'm a little whitewashed, but not not too much, okay? Because I start out with, okay, so Giovanni, you know, what do you guys want for dinner, right? I start out all nice <laughs> you and do. shit. That's and, so then, funny. And, then, and then everyone's pissing me off little by little because nobody wants the same thing. And I'm like, see, this is why I don't fucking ask you guys. Because <laughs> everybody, why, why can't everybody just choose the same thing? So, but I start off really, really nice. And then as I see myself getting more annoyed and escalate, I was like, look. This is not a restaurant. Everybody just make your decision on what you want to eat. You know, and immediately the ghetto starts coming out and that culture can't be suppressed for too long. But right? there are good and there are pros and cons to both sides because I would have liked to have been asked my wow. opinion. You know, growing up, knowing what a Latino culture or what it meant to grow up in a Latino home and my mother, you don't have rights. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. You lucky I feed you, okay? So <laughs> so part of you is like, no, there's some things about that culture that I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. I wish I would have liked that. But then other things go overboard, like you said. Yes. Um, so it's finding that happy medium is, is the key. You know, you know, we got whipped as kids. Oh, yeah. Chopsticks, brooms, whatever they could get their shoes, wow. belts, whatever they could get their hands on. Extension cords. Exactly. Even in a side of Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, Do you guys remember that? Ooh, yes, those were heavy books. Very, I remember heavy. the door-to-door salespeople would come and then they'd ask, what volume do you have? And what, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, and I was totally. like, I want the encyclopedia, but. <laughs> oh, well, I remember I got beaten with it. So I was wow. 14 years mm-hmm. old. I, I was, I started being very rebellious at 14. And I was saying this to someone yesterday, when you don't acknowledge people for the good things and you just talk to them when they do the negative things, whether it's at work, whether it's your mm-hmm. children, you, it's almost like you promote or you encourage that bad behavior. Because if I'm trying to develop a connection with my mom and the only time she ever addresses me is when I'm not doing something right, Ooh. psychologically or subconsciously, you make that link and you just misbehave. Long story short, I started rebelling because I, I was like, no matter how good I am, I obviously never get acknowledged. So I might as well do what I fucking want because yeah. being naughty is fun. Okay. So, <laughs> so one time I came home at 14, I came home at one in the morning. Long story short, I remember her opening the door. This was in New York in a fifth floor apartment building. I'm walking in and she's very quiet and already I'm scared to death because I'm like, oh. she's usually never this calm. <laughs> Oh, that's how you know. Oh, absolutely. If they're like screaming and you're like, while they're screaming, I'm not, nothing's happening. I, I can handle the screaming. It's when they're quiet that I don't know what weapon, what what do you possibly have there that you're going to oh. present me with? And sure enough, right when I came in the door and she opened it, when she shut it, she beat my butt with a Encyclopedia oh, Britannica. Oh gosh. And culturally, that was acceptable. That was way okay then. Yes. Right? Yes. I'm 52, uh-huh. 14 yeah. years old. Today, 
Right? What do the kids say? I'll, I can call the cops. Mm-hmm. If I had kids, I'd be like, call the cops, do it. Oh, I'll be like, you know, they'll find you dead, right? So Yo. call them now <laughs> call before them now they the get time. here. Yeah. And I don't want you to see them taking me away in cuffs <laughs> because I will kill you. <laughs> see, you hear that? I'm not going to kill you. I will kill you. Kill okay. You. So they're like, you love them so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I do love my kids and I talk all that shit. But you know what? I do have kids. So because I really beat them when they were little, that really is the key. <laughs> There, I wanted to share. <laughs> I wanted to share some things that are different, and and I only experience, of course, Asian culture. So I'm going to give you some examples yes. of what would be rude there versus what's okay here. Okay? okay. So what's rude is touching a person's head. If you came up to me and you're just like, "Hey, Anna," and you touched my head, you might be thinking, "Oh, I'm doing it because like, oh, your hair is pretty," or you touch their head and like you're just commenting them. But in Asian culture, it's offensive because the head is the highest part of the body and it's considered sacred. I thought of it, it's kind of like if you touch a person's weave or their extensions, weave? you can't, Listen, do not touch. I have natural hair, Anna, mm-hmm. and when I'm wearing my fro, if there is something <laughs> that pisses me off more than anything is when people are like, and it's never a Latino person or a black, of course, because they know. <laughs> They know people are like, Oh, can I touch your hair? And do you know? I've been like, No, you cannot. And they still are drawn. It's almost like moths to a fire. Please let me touch it. Right. And so it's just so bizarre, but you're right. It's the same kind of thing. Don't touch my hair, man. Yes. It's it's not okay. Another one is if you eat loud or you slurp up your soup it's considered a compliment because you're enjoying the food and it's, it helps to enhance the flavor. So if you're like, damn, got it. Okay. That's okay. Interesting. What about burping? I don't know. <laughs> Funny, I don't, cause, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I've heard that burping like is actually a good thing. And I don't know where. And I, I remember hearing that and I thought that's I good like to know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you imagine going like you're at Stein Erickson or something and you're just like, yes. <laughs> This is a mighty good soup. What's in the soup? <laughs> They're all, oh, that lady's weird. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so slurping is good. Okay. When you have food on the table, it's rude to put chopsticks straight up and down because that's how we put food on the altar to give to the dead Wow! or like on yes so you can't put chopsticks up and down see how interesting culture is you could totally be offending someone without not even meaning to or Mm -hmm. yesterday when we were at that restaurant i waited for everyone to get their food because that's what i was taught that is respectful for everyone to get their food first and then you start eating well other people were like speaking of why you're slurping they're like you know and they're like why why don't you eat you know and they're like oh don't wait for me and and you know i get it i don't have to wait for you but i want to because i want to honor that i like that anyway but i was sticking my chopsticks up not last night because i don't have any but in another restaurant and i could have offended someone without even knowing yep well now you know (laughs) i won't do it i won't do it don't do that and another thing is uh my sister did this to her husband and he's japanese and she didn't know this was offensive but they were having dinner and the bowl was right there Mm -hmm. and she took her chopsticks and then pushed the bowl towards him (gasps) she used her chopsticks to to push it that's offensive and she didn't know that and he said in japanese culture you don't push a bowl with your chopsticks to someone else another thing is in asian houses you have to take your shoes off you know 
Mm-hmm. That's, but I think a lot of people like to take their shoes off, but that's right. that's something. Another one is we are raised where we have to have eye contact. That's considered respecting the person you're engaging in the conversation. But in Asian culture, you don't look at their eyes. You look down or you look away because if you look straight at them, it's like a sign of aggression. That explains a lot because so many times you see in certain cultures where they are bowing their head or they're looking down. And again, our interpretation would be very different as mm-hmm. you know you're either super shy or introverted or you are avoiding me mm-hmm. or it may be taken as a sign of disrespect and no nope not true wow Another one is um it's okay to ask for a person's age because there are different names for people based on age how they are different than your parents. Are they older and younger than you? Are they related on your mom or dad's side? Everybody has a different name. They're oh. all they're all your aunts and they're all your uncles, but each person has a different name. That is interesting. Yes. Like if, if I knew a person was younger than my parents, and if it was a woman, I would call her Gol. But mm-hmm. then if I knew they're older than my parents, I'd call them Bak. Hmm. It is important to know their age. But then imagine if people asked a 70-year-old woman here, how old are you? No, and let me tell you, I've noticed, so at 52, I've noticed that older women, they're pretty comfortable with that. But younger women, anywhere from, I would say, really? starting 40, oh. 40 to 60, early 60s, you know, when you tell, you don't ask a woman her age, and I'm like, God, like, relax, like, it's okay. Uh-huh. Every time somebody tells me about their age, I say, never complain about getting old. It's better than the alternative, which is dying young. So to me, it's an honor to say I'm 52. And I hope to say that I'm 62, 72, 82, even 92. As a matter of fact, you know my goal. I want to live to I'm 101. And, uh, And so I would never feel bad because if anything, it's an honor to say that. But yes, culturally, it is a bad no no and faux pas and to ask a woman her age. Yet you, they don't say the same thing about men. Right? Why is it, why is it okay to ask a man for his age? I don't know. Men are right. They have different rules. (laughs) But I, right? They do. But, but then again, quote unquote, a man is sexy and, and Mm -hmm. distinguished uh, distinguished when he's in his, you know, yes. 55 or 60 with gray hair and a woman's old. Uh-huh. But we are changing that today, honey. Let me tell you, there's a lot of women that are out there changing that I love paradigm. That. Yes, yes, I love it too. And there's a gray hair movement. Yes. yes. More in, women okay, so doing that. In Latin culture, everyone is also your aunt and uncle too, right? No, if they're oh, your no? aunt and okay. uncle, you do. But anyone who is older than you, you say usted. Like I can say tú, meaning you, Anna. Tú eres mi amiga, right? You're my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, But when someone's older, you say usted. And it's a form of respect versus formal versus informal. Oh. Um, But it's the same thing as someone calling me ma'am. And I don't like being called ma'am. I feel that that's (laughs) old and antiquated. I'm like, I don't have one foot in the grave, okay? So I like it when people either call me my name or Mrs. or Miss. Oh, you know what I mean? You're like, yes. I can you chill with all of that formal stuff? Got Just, it. You know, Got you it. and I are equal. I feel that maybe that's my resistance is feeling like you having to respect me that much without even knowing me because people do that when they first meet you. Culturally, mm-hmm. it's a sign of respect where mm-hmm. I, I feel it's a slight 
arrogance and a hierarchy. Oh, Does that make sense? And I don't yes. want to be part of that. You and I are equal, whether you're 10 years old and you and I are speaking or whether uh-huh. I'm speaking to a 70 year old, we're equal. We're, we're wow. really equal. We want to get to know each other on that footing. And I don't yeah. think what I call you, whether it's ma'am or missus or anything is the actual respect. The respect really comes from the way we're interacting with each other. So yes. that's why I'd like to get away with, from all those titles. Does that make sense? Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. So culturally, it's a better, I feel like it's a better direction. And the last example I have is if your boss drinks, you have to match his or her, uh, well, mostly him, like match his drinking. Wow. You cannot refuse alcohol. That's disrespectful. Wow. So get wasted with the boss? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Yes, if you are going to a business dinner and you're going to drink afterwards, you have to drink as much as your boss does. Wow. You have to keep up. That is, that, that is interesting. And I think that if you can't handle your alcohol, how, how, what would you do? <laughs> you die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's ironic because Asians are allergic to alcohol. <laughs> no, What? <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> Usually Asians are allergic to alcohol. That's why we get really red and flush and people, some Asians get hives. <laughs> what? So, Could you imagine if you're like, I'm allergic yeah. and they're like, you're fired. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You better drink it. Show me that you're loyal. Um, I find that that's really interesting about what you said because I heard that there are some countries like people here with the church and missionaries going to other countries, they can't refuse food. Let's say you were allergic and you're like, no, I got to eat it whether I wind up in the hospital tomorrow or not. Oh, my gosh. Um, So and it's little things like that, those cultural things. And I'm like, we really are so interesting because it's it's stuff that we create. Culture is something that we create ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. the beauty of culture, though, I can say for me, when you look back, do you love looking back at movies? There was a movie with Sandra Bullock and Sylvester Stallone. And I loved that movie because it was about like the future and some things I feel like there have been some things that have been implemented and it's like art imitating life. Is Um, it called Demolition Man? Yes. Yes. Okay. Got it. And you can tell a lot about a culture by the movies they make and the music that was at that time. I mean, just think of the 90s versus the 80s. What was our culture then? And what Mm -hmm. were we singing about? And what were our movies about? It's so reflective of the culture that we live in. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be interesting if aliens came here and obviously want to learn about us. All they have to do is watch our movies and listen to our music and they'd be like, I'm out, I'm out. They're like, nope, that is weird. <laughs> Whoops, we better go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> I liked the 80s. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I thought, the, you know, every era has something to be desired and something mm-hmm. not. But the 80s, there were some fun hair some interesting makeup, the dancing, MTV. I feel like it was like the culmination and the beginning of discovering so much about music in a different Mm -hmm. way because technology was going in a different direction. And like I said, you know, we had MTV and we're such a global society. That's another thing culturally. We're not so segregated anymore. We're more of a global society. It's interesting. The 90s, of course, right? And and here we are in 2020. Anna, do you remember 1999? No, it's 2021. Oh, snap. I'm sorry. This is being held in 2021, people. Oh, God. Can you Uh please scratch that last part? 
But don't you feel like last year never happened? I feel like 2020 was erased. You know what it feels more like? It was a bad dream. I lived it. I was there, but nothing was happening like that. Yeah, because we were so, you know, isolated and just everything that had just popped up with COVID. So weird. (laughs) Culturally, how do you see sex in Asian cultures versus in like, let's say Latin or American or uh, Black culture? I think um, Japanese porn really made a certain type of stigma Mm. about Asian sex because like Japanese porn is almost like, you know, let's have like 10 guys with one Asian woman. Like it's very bizarre or they'll one day look up Japanese porn. You'll know what I mean. I've seen I've seen Asian porn. I haven't Uh seen Japanese specifically, but Uh when I see the Asian women, they're not aggressive, and that's always struck me. Mm -mm. Every porn I've seen, it's not like I watch a lot, people. Okay, but (laughs) it's not like I be watching a lot. But I'm just saying the little bit I've seen. It's um, playing right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's in the background. It's on my phone. (laughs) Anna, you weren't supposed to tell them that. Um, Yeah, they're very submissive. Whereas Mm -hmm. Latinas, even our anchor people, like the the women, they're voluptuous. And they're like, yeah, the weather, see up here. Oh my gosh, they're gorgeous. It's going to rain. But that is definitely one thing I really, really, really appreciate about my culture. I appreciate many things. But now that we're on the topics of sex, I appreciate that they celebrate sexuality and being voluptuous and sexy. I love that. Just like J-Lo when they were performing at the end of Shakira. I love that. That was such a great representation of our culture. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, it was. That was awesome. But it's weird because if you look at Japanese anime, Mm -hmm. they always have women that are naked or even video games. Yeah. They're all naked. And (laughs) it's I'm like, you're being hypocritical a little here, right? Well, we're going to take it out on these cartoons. Yeah, let's put it out there. (laughs) Something to be into. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to our show. If you would like to be a part of our show, we would love to hear from you. Ask us questions and share your story. We'll give you our unfiltered, unforgiving unqualified advice record an audio clip on your phone and send it into that's why show at gmail.com follow subscribe and please write us a review or give us five stars on apple absolutely i agree and our inspo quote are we going to do an inspo quote yes and i realized we didn't find one i found one Okay, go okay. on, Patricia. I should have told you. No, I should have told you because I missed that one. I, I dropped the ball all the time. That's okay. <laughs> no, no, she no. She picks it up real quick. But okay, so cultural differences should not separate us from each other, but rather cultural diversity brings a collective strength that can benefit all of humanity. That was said by Robert Allen. And I don't know who he is, but thank you, Robert. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> and with that, peace, love, and... Coconut. Yeah, dark chocolate. Oh, oh, did you say coconut? (laughs) (laughs) So who's your Lao friend that you went to eat food? Her name is Oolong and she's married to this white guy and she is friends Uh of Sunny and I met her through them. I went to the the most amazing party that they had. They're like Latinos. They blew Uh my mind. They are like Latinos. They're like (laughs) the Asian Latinos. Okay. Yes. I swear, they were partying with freestyle music, which usually nobody here knows what I love is. freestyle. Are you serious? Do you know freestyle? Yes. Anna, you know freestyle? Yes. 
Stevie B, cover Stevie girl. B, Timmy T, yep. Anna, I swear, I the more I know you, the more I know I don't know you. Oh, <laughs> my